You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. Metro Vancouver, at least parts of it, are under a freezing rain warning, and we'll get to the details on that in a moment. But first, the carnage from last night's ice storm in the Fraser Valley. Thousands are still without power. And Nadia Stewart is out in Abbotsford right now, which seems to be taking the brunt of this winter wallop. Nadia Hydro crews still trying to catch up. Yeah, they're still trying to get about 40,000 people back on the grid. Actually, behind me, uh, they've got a portion of Marshall Road here closed because they're working on those repairs. City streetlights uh, are still out uh, in parts of Abbotsford as they've been working to get everyone back on the grid. For firefighters in Abbotsford, it's been a busy Friday. Is yeah. it live, you know? I don't know yet. Ice-covered wires dangled dangerously over slick roads, forcing closures and detours. A winter wonderland turned wicked. Overnight, many of our residents did lose power. Emergency services, city employees, as well as BC Hydro have been working throughout the whole night to deal with uh, the trees that have fallen onto lines, debris that's fallen onto roadways that needs to be cleared up. At the height of the storm, 9,000 customers knocked off the grid. Abbotsford and Mission, the hardest hit areas. But similar conditions last year mean crews were already prepared. We did have a major ice storm occur last February, which resulted in about 600,000 customers lose power with over a six-day period. But even after the ice melts, it'll be quite the mess left behind. At this French school in Mission and all over Abbotsford, the branches of the ice-burdened trees litter the ground. And winter is only just beginning. Oh, it's great. Look at my uh, car in the morning, every morning. I love it. <laughs> so I'm not supposed to say it out loud. We are asking uh, travelers to please either stay home, give yourself lots of time if you have to go out, and be very cautious of fallen debris on the roadway. And speaking of travelers, bad news for anyone uh, hoping to catch the West Coast Express home to Mission tonight because of downed wires uh, on the tracks. The train won't be going beyond the Port Haney station, and anyone heading to Mission will have to catch a shuttle bus, Chris, to get all the way home. What a drag for a lot of commuters. Thanks very much, Nadia. Out in Abbotsford, the risk of freezing rain continues there, and it's expanding into parts of Metro Vancouver as well. Meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us now with the details. Christy. Chris, so dangerous conditions out there tonight. Take a look at some of the pictures coming in. This tree, one of many from Mission, split by the added weight of the ice. And here's another from Abbotsford. The fence just coated with over a centimeter of ice. Now, the concern tonight is still the Fraser Valley. You can see all of this pink here. That is freezing rain. And it will continue for the next couple of hours. And in that time period, there's also a chance that the freezing rain will extend into the southeastern corner of Metro Vancouver, the Surrey-Langley area. Now, this is expected to ease off this evening, but then snow is a concern. I'll show you who will see that when I come back. All right, thanks very much, Christy. Now, drivers were warned to stay off the Coquihalla, and thousands who missed the message were stranded for hours in their vehicles, and they say they got little to no information about what was happening. With more on the travel nightmare for them, let's check in with Tanya Beja, and conditions are not getting much better, Tanya. That's right, Chris. Well, looking back at yesterday, traffic was slow going on the Coquihalla as drivers faced traffic.
treacherous conditions there that are only slightly improving today. Uh, some travelers were stranded for up to seven hours due to a series of accidents between Hope and Merritt. Drivers say they felt frustrated because they weren't getting any updates from Drive BC. Although they were warned about the winter weather, they say there was no indication that a truck accident had blocked traffic about 10 kilometers east of Hope. Here's more now from one of the stranded motorists whose family was stuck in that mess. We should have known what was happening, or at least an ETA, um, as like what was going on or how long it was going to take. Like we didn't know how long we were going to be stuck on the road for. We were starting to get kind of cold and it was long. We hadn't had any dinner. We got stuck at 420 and we didn't get moving again until 1030 at night. The Ministry of Transportation responded to those concerns today with a statement. They say, during the winter, all of our contractors have staff on shift to respond 24 hours a day, seven days a week. However, it does take some time for crews to get on scene, confirm the location, impact to the travelling public and post closure and delay information to Drive BC. They go on to say it can be difficult to estimate opening times due to numerous contributing factors such as the ability to plow and sand around queues, reduced capacity of the roadway and challenging tow recovery conditions, etc. Now, visibility is still poor on the Coquihalla today, but we aren't seeing the accident, so traffic is moving along. There is still an extreme weather advisory on Highway 5 from Hope to Kamloops and Highway 97C from Merritt to Kelowna. Now, Drive BC is reminding travellers to plan ahead, make sure they have the winter tyres and that they are bringing enough fuel, clothing, food and water to endure any potential delays. Chris, back to you. All right, could be another rough travelling day for them. Thanks very much, Tanya. Now, an update on a murder investigation that began only 24 hours ago. Police have now identified the man found shot to death in Abbotsford yesterday. He was 24-year-old Alexander Alexander Blanero of Surrey. Police say Blanero was known to them and all evidence points to his killing being targeted. In April 2016, Blanero was arrested as part of a crackdown on the violent street-level drug trade in Surrey. At the time, police said he was tied to a string of shootings. There is no evidence, as of yet, to connect Mr. Blanero's murder to any other acts of violence in the Lower Mainland. Again, I ask anyone that has any information about this incident to please come forward and speak with Ahit. In Surrey, RCMP are looking for a property crime suspect who bolted from the hospital. 46-year-old Richard Mantler was handcuffed but somehow managed to evade officers just before 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Mantler is 6 feet tall, about 216 pounds, last seen wearing a white Adidas t-shirt with a red logo, blue jeans and black shoes. RCMP say he's not known to be dangerous. He's primarily known for property offenses, but anyone with information is asked to give them a call. A Lions Bay homeowner is devastated after her neighbor chopped down several trees on her property. She says she had an agreement to cut a few of them down, but came home to find the hillside around her house had been virtually clear-cut. Aaron MacArthur has more on the fallout from the tree falling. This is your new view. No, it's horrific. When Liz Bell returned home last week, she was shocked at what greeted her. Her Lions Bay property had been clear-cut. There are three trees in particular, very specific. Those are the trees we want taken down. And that was fine. I've never had to deal with this kind of thing before, so 
you wouldn't have to say, you wouldn't think you'd have to say, oh, please don't clear cut the property. Bell says her three trees were supposed to come down along with several on her neighbor's lot. A recent purchaser wanted to improve his view. Bell also says there was an agreement about the scope of work, but the fallers at her new neighbor's insistence went well beyond that, cutting all the way to the rail line on her property. Unbelievable. You never heard that sound there that much. You, you only heard it at the crossing and that crossing. We spoke to the neighbor, Mike Strain, by phone today. He claims he only followed through on what was agreed to. I would say it's an unfortunate case of confusion because I uh, talked to the neighbor two or three times about our project to cut down trees and uh, had permission from her to cut the trees down. It's not just a dispute between two neighbors. Trees were cut, likely, on another neighbor's property as well. The deadfall just left behind. I just don't think this was this was necessary. It's just a careless disregard. Uh, two neighbors have used the word without any coaching barbaric. It's, it's crazy. There are no bylaws in Lions Bay about cutting trees on private property. The issue now is one for the neighborhood to sort out. But the damage has already been done. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. We are just a couple of days away now from 2018, and preparations are well underway for Vancouver's biggest New Year's celebration. Our John Waugh is down at what will be the center of the action at Canada Place. John's safety is much a priority as having fun. Yeah, absolutely right. This is a huge event. Actually, just a couple of hours ago here at Jackwell Plaza, they were tearing down what was left of the Christmas market. Now, a big question, why do they need the extra space? Well, when this event first took place here three years ago, attendance was 85,000. Last year was 100,000. And this year with the popularity, they're expecting to meet that or welcome even more. Vancouver has some pretty novel ideas when it comes to ringing in the new year. I'm Gatsby. Like saying goodbye to 2017 on the Magic Spirit, a great Gatsby-themed yacht. We're beckoning 2018 with the Batu Sea, with the Brock House being transformed into Wayne Manor. But one event has become a staple for many, celebrating New Year's Eve in the city. We're going to all get together, have a few drinks, probably watch the fireworks downtown. More of a family thing and seeing some fireworks. Concord's New Year's Eve Vancouver celebration expected to get even bigger in its third straight year. Every year we've been growing and developing the event to try and be exactly what Vancouver needs it to be. This year the free event also incorporating Jackpool Plaza and two premium sections inside Convention Centre West. So if people are coming down, make sure they dress for the weather. We want to make sure everybody enjoys themselves and I think and ensuring lairs. And if you want to get that indoor space, get your tickets now because they're selling out fast. The many events across Vancouver will be monitored by an increased police presence who are warning parking and traffic will be an issue. We encourage people that um, don't drive down here if you can avoid it because uh, parking will be uh, hard to come by. Also telling people to leave the booze at home. But for those who plan to drink responsibly indoors, the mad dash for bubbling is about to begin. So we bring usually about 30% more of our regular champagne inventory just for the season. And we know on the 1st of January, our shelves will be probably empty. So let the countdown begin as preparations for one of the biggest parties of the year are well underway.
Now, Vancouver, Vancouver police have said they've been very impressed by how people have behaved during this family event. Of course, rearing their advice of leaving the alcohol at home. And if you can, the vehicle. Now, we will be broadcasting this entire celebration with you, Chris, live here on Sunday. Also, it will be live streaming on our website at globalnews.ca slash NYE Vancouver. Chris, back to you. How are you doing? Doing well, Patrick. Well, good to see you. The twist here is that the firefighters never knew 19-year-old Will Kenny survived a near drowning in a backyard pool when he was just 14 months old. Vancouver firefighters deal with nearly 70,000 calls a year, and many of them end tragically. But to their welcome surprise, this one had a happy ending. The first thing Will's mom did when she met the firefighters again was apologize. I met his one of the firefighters' wife and children, and I hugged them all and apologized, because I'm sure for 17 years they've looked at their own children grow and felt badly that perhaps I didn't have one. Did. And I felt bad for that. Today was really, uh, I think, a really moving day for our crews, particularly a, a captain who's been retired for 14 years to come back today to, to understand it was completely different than what they thought they had attended to on the long weekend of August in 99. Meeting Will 18 years later was a shock for many of the firefighters because it had been reported days after they'd rushed him to hospital that Will did not survive. So thankful to learn he did. And another emotional reunion of sorts to tell you about, this one in Vernon. Oh. Another hug. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Mm. Mm. 94-year-old Ken McFarland hugging his 51-year-old grandson, Sean, for the very first time, until recently, Ken didn't even know he had a grandson. His daughter put Sean up for adoption. Sean's mother passed away in 2010 without meeting her grown son. It wasn't until Sean reached out to his biological family that Ken realized he had an adult grandson in Ontario. The meeting was set up by an organization called Wish of a Lifetime. So what, what would be your best wish if he had one was that I'd like to see my grandson. I was wanted to meet him while I was still here. It's been a long wait. Already a grandfather to four granddaughters, Ken is happy to have another grandkid to dote on now. A lot of people will be wishing for peace and prosperity in 2018. But 2017 is going to go down as a violent year for anyone engaged in organized crime. Low-level gang conflict put a lot of innocent lives at risk, too, with bullets flying in public places. Sonia Deal takes a look back at the carnage across B.C. and the response from law enforcement. The year barely starts, the guns already loaded. Officers believe that it is uh, targeted. Two men dead after a triple shooting in Prince George. A 22-year-old shot while driving in Surrey. I heard uh, uh, three gunshots. The young man taking his last breath under a McDonald's sign. Police saying he was known to them. His friends saying... He's a nice guy. Yeah. These just a handful of incidents in January alone. And with every month, the shootings becoming even more brazen. What happening, I don't know. On Townline Road in Abbotsford, a man in his mid-twenties gunned down in his front yard with local residents helplessly watching. Oh, you are part of the family? Yeah. So do you have anything to say about what's going Not on now? Time, or no. no. We think that Townline now is part of a, a larger lower mainland gang conflict. 
But 2017 also going down as the year innocent bystanders got caught in the crossfire. But for the grace of God, um, you know, she is, she is uh, not harmed worse. A passenger sitting in a parked van struck by a stray bullet during a shootout between two cars. Oh, this is crazy. The summer is especially violent. News of drive-by shootings making the headlines virtually every week. Suspects taking off fast, leaving behind burnt-out vehicles as their only trail. The drug trade itself uh, lends to violence. Surrey RCMP under pressure to reassure the public. We are down 49% uh, year-to-date shootings compared to last year. Local residents not convinced. We're tired of being told that things aren't as bad as they seem to be. Then an unusual move, police releasing pictures of five gang targets with a warning to stay away from them. There are friends of these individuals that may not fully appreciate the risk that they are in in associating with them. Within weeks, one of them found dead in a Richmond park. It's too late for Mr. Ibrahim. It doesn't have to be too late for anyone else. BC's new NDP government then promising half a million dollars for anti-gang initiatives. We said, um, you know, if we're elected, this was going to be a priority for us. The federal government adding its own money, over $325 million, with a focus on the lower mainland. Communities like Surrey uh, would be very clearly uh, a priority for the government of Canada. But the shootings continued, leaving residents horrified. I don't know, I see, dow, 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 dow. I heard a three, four, uh, bang, 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 and then we came out and we saw one guy dead in the car. But the biggest bombshell of 2017, when one of BC's most notorious gangsters had charges against him stayed for the murders of the Surrey Six, a massacre that shocked the province over a decade ago. There's bodies are strewn about, right? You know, bodies lying about. The man thought to be the mastermind behind the killings, former Red Scorpions leader Jamie Bacon. Charges stayed on a technicality. The exact details sealed by BC's Supreme Court. Relatives of those innocently slain on that fateful night left with no explanation and no justice. I had so much faith in this justice system and in the court system that it would protect innocent families like mine. I feel like screaming till the ends of the world. 2017, the year when those involved in drugs and gangs seemed to have the upper hand. Will that change in 2018? Communities across the Lower Mainland can only hope. Sonia Diol, Global News. A toddler playing with burners on a stove is being blamed for causing New York City's deadliest apartment fire in decades. In all, 12 people were killed, five of them children. Investigators say it spread quickly to other floors when the boy's mother left her apartment door open as she escaped with her children. The oldest victim, 56. The youngest, just eight months old. And the Vancouver Fire Department tweeting out condolences to those who lost loved ones in the New York fire. They also want it to be a reminder to check your smoke and carbon monoxide alarms and review your family escape plans. Thousands of iPhone owners may want to hold on to their aging devices a bit longer now that Apple has admitted intentionally slowing down older phones. The company is apologizing and offering a deal to prevent users from ditching their devices altogether. Apple is taking action this morning after days of harsh feedback from customers. We know that some of you feel Apple has let you down, the company says. We apologize. 
they apologized for miscommunicating. They didn't apologize for slowing down the phones. And I think that's an important distinction. The tech giant is facing heat from critics who recently learned Apple's software updates can slow down iPhones to compensate for aging batteries. The company says that's necessary to keep those phones from shutting down unexpectedly. But several class action lawsuits filed in recent days by iPhone owners contend that Apple should have disclosed what it was doing sooner. I think that it's a well thought out plan by Apple to make sure the consumers come back and buy the latest and greatest phone. Apple disputes this, saying we have never and would never do anything to intentionally shorten the life of any Apple product or degrade the user experience to drive customer upgrades. The company adds we've always wanted our customers to be able to use their iPhones as long as possible. In a detailed post, Apple describes what it says can cause rechargeable batteries to age faster. Factors like time, how often a battery is charged, leaving or charging a battery in a hot environment. Now, the company is offering replacement batteries for $29, a $50 discount to anyone with an iPhone 6 or later, a deal that starts in late January. Just like the tires in your car wear out and you know that you can replace them, Apple has to be very clear about what happens when the battery in your phone wears out. And this is a first step, but I think there's a long way to go. In Health Matters tonight, Health Canada has expanded its list of recalled sandwiches from an Edmonton-based company. The Listeria contamination warning has now been increased from 19 to 36 varieties of pre-made sandwiches sold nationwide by HQ Fine Foods. The brand names affected include Best Value, Fresh and Local, and Made to Go. There have been no reported illnesses associated with the recall. The list of BC's top baby names for 2017 is out, and many of them are going to sound pretty familiar. For boys, Benjamin tops the list, followed very closely by Liam, and then last year's most popular name, Lucas. After that, it's kind of a toss-up between Logan and possibly James. For girls, Olivia was the most popular choice. Emma, Sophia, Charlotte, and Ava round out the top five. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. Caught on camera just when police in South Carolina thought they had a car thief under control. She turns the table on them. That's coming up right after Christie's weather forecast and the latest on these freezing rain warnings we're dealing with. The pictures are amazing, but the danger is real, Christy. Absolutely, Chris. Yeah, so great pictures coming in. Thanks for everyone. This one from Chris McLean uh, from Mission. The house completely covered in ice, and there's a many of them uh, like that. So keep sending them in. Always great to see, but it means slick conditions on the roads. So we have that risk of freezing rain all the way through southeast Vancouver. Uh, so that's... Surrey, Langley, east, all the way through the Fraser Valley, but also the Coquihalla and Allison Pass. This is not a time to head out on those highways. Wait until later tomorrow, even noon, will be much better on those highways because as soon as the risk of freezing rain eases off, the snow really begins to build. Overnight, all of southern BC, really 10 to 20 centimeters of snow, and that's at lower elevations. The mountain passes could see even more. Here's a focus on how much snowfall for the south coast region. 
region. So, Fraser Valley, you could see 10 to 20 centimeters of snow overnight. It will ease off tomorrow morning, up to 15 for the Howe Sound Whistler region. Even Metro Vancouver could see some wet flurries, possible two centimeters through the overnight period. And Vancouver Island, zero to 10 centimeters, depending on your location. There's a huge variation. Here's an example in Nanaimo, just wet snow, so it's not really accumulating, but it still could, temperature could drop just by, you know, half a degree. And you're talking about snow all of a sudden and another couple of centimeters. So terrible conditions on Highway 1 along the east coast of Vancouver Island. And it's all because of that Arctic outflow that we're seeing. So this system is going to push out of the south coast later this evening. Fraser Valley, though, the snow will continue overnight and all of southern BC overnight for you. But it will push out finally for you tomorrow morning. Then we're left with that cold Arctic air. But finally, some sunshine. That is the last blast of moisture that we're seeing through the overnight period. And then we will be into the cold, clear conditions. Those of you in the north know that already. Extreme wind chills in through the far northern regions. Wind chills down to minus 40 overnight tonight. And a few flurries in the morning. Otherwise, that system clearing out tomorrow. Bulk of your snowfall will fall overnight tonight. And same for the Fraser Valley. Meanwhile, south coast regions are clearing, especially by about noon or through the afternoon hours and will be cold and clear right through till midweek and certainly means very chilly conditions through our New Year's. So potentially down to about minus four, minus five New Year's Eve. Happy birthday to Dan Lambert, Jim Robbins and Ann Reynolds. Congratulations to you all. And I'll leave you with, Chris, a nice festive picture oh, of the ice from I, Janet. I bet that's beautiful. All lit up at night. Yes. Man, that uh, freezing rain causing some problems. Thanks very much, Christy. All right, now back to that slippery car thief. A judge has denied bond for a South Carolina woman who stole and wrecked several cars, including a deputy's patrol car, and the theft of that vehicle caught on camera. The 21-year-old was arrested after she stole a good Samaritan's car who had stopped to pick her up after her car broke down. As you can see, when she's handcuffed and put in the back of the patrol car, that wasn't the end of it. The woman was able to remove one of her handcuffs climb through the window of the patrol car and then take off in the vehicle. She led deputies on a 15-minute chase with speeds over 160 kilometers an hour. It ended when she crashed through a gate and plowed into a tree. Needless to say, the 21-year-old is facing a number of charges. Well, ever since the plastic straw was invented, bars and restaurants have been handing them out, more than half a billion of them in North America last year alone. But now some Canadian bars are serving up something a little different, changing the way people sip their drinks. Global's Minari explains their motivation for making the change. You may notice something missing if you head out for a drink. If you come to see us at the Dakota Tavern or the Hayloft Dance Hall, you will not find a single straw in either of those establishments. What you will see are signs stating their position. Plastic straws suck. It all started when the Creamer family sat down to watch a video that shows a sea turtle in distress, rescued after getting a plastic straw lodged deep inside its nose. My children literally said, well, why do you serve straws? And I was like, I had no idea. It never occurred to me that, why is that a step of service? Why am I giving you this piece of single-serve plastic that you didn't ask for? Once we sat and watched it, and we, there was never any going back. There are millions suffering, and not just one sea turtle. 
It's estimated that 500 million plastic straws are used every single day in the United States alone. Here in Toronto, the Horseshoe Tavern is one of about half a dozen businesses that have adopted a straws only upon request policy. We used to have lots of glasses across the bar with all sorts of straws, napkins, that sort of thing. Um, when we decided to go this policy, we took everything off the bar. A detailed explanation about the environmental impact and threat to sea life has been printed and left out for patrons who may have questions. We know he's left the place because they couldn't have a straw. No, for sure. Hey, when you go to a restaurant, what do you and your brother say? Can we please not have straws? If you're wondering how it's possible to go straw-free... It's simple. You just suck the side of the cup. They've also invested in metal straws that can be used for a lifetime. We've had emails from the zoo in Houston, Texas. Um, we had emails from uh, a bar um, in Chicago asking how we felt that we, they could most present that to their community of bartenders. Um, so I think it's a thing that's taking off. Mina Ree, Global News. Had the Canucks game on in the background last night until at one point the goals kept coming and oh. they were so pretty, I just... I. They, I was they riveted. Must, I think they set like a team record for blind back passes that worked because yeah, they were right. working all over the place last night. That was a fun game to watch. The Canucks' newest line put up a combined 12 points. We're talking about Brock Besser, Thomas Vanek, and Sam Gagne. Now, I'm not sure how long they will keep this line together because forward lines on the Canucks last about as long as Taylor Swift romances. But it certainly was on fire last night. We all know Besser is red hot. He has been since the start of November. But in the last three games, Vanek has 10 points. Time for Jim Benning to work the phone, see who will offer what for Vanek. I know a lot of people are saying, hey, he's hot right now. But his market value is rising. He's on a one-year deal. Him finishing the year here is not all that likely. So while he's here, so before you trade him, while he's here... Let him put up some highlight reel material with Brock Besser. Comes Vanek. Four points already. Gets around his man. And on goal drops. Besser scores. What a setup. Maybe it's the beginning of a new Canuck bromance or maybe just something long term. Either way, the chemistry between Thomas Vanek and Brock Besser was off the hook as the dynamic duo combined for nine points last night. He picks the spot so well, you know, so he, he knows where you know, where to get open, how to get open. So I think he'll be fine. And again, I think he enjoys the game. He enjoys scoring goals. So that's not going to go away anytime soon for him. You no, know, we're similar players in certain ways. And I think he sees that. And, uh, you know, just because we have that good relationship, I think that's where, uh, he, you know, he feels that he can help me a lot. And it wasn't just those two. Sam Gagne had his best game as a Canuck, a couple of goals and a helper. But the creativity on the ice was something special. Countless eye-popping passes, something fans haven't been accustomed to in the last couple of seasons. Bounces wide of the goal. Gagne, a pretty in front from Besser, and he scores. Wow. We all uh, look to create offense. And I think uh, when you can make plays, you can give and go, and you're, you're all on the same page looking to create offense. I think it, it definitely helped. And with his 21st goal, Besser has made some Canuck history reaching 25 career goals in just 44 games. It took Pavel Bure 55 and Trevor Linden 57 to reach that mark. It was nice to see him get some points and some assists. Their line was really good. I think you're going to find that, you know, Brock's a smart player. He's going to adapt as teams adapt to him. 
With no real timetable for the return of Bo Horvat and Sven Berchi, the team may have found its top line for at least the next couple of weeks. I know what you're saying, but you've got to think future. Yeah. If someone wants Vanek, move them if they give you something good. Uh, I don't think when the World Juniors are held in Vancouver and Victoria next year, there'll be any outdoor games, but they tried one in Buffalo today between Canada and the U.S., by the time the third period rolled around, snowblowers would have been much more useful than Zambonis. This was a prelim game that ended exactly how last year's gold medal game ended, minus the uh, snow, of course. Canada was taking on, according to these uniforms, the Buffalo Bills. Not so sure about that choice of uni for the Americans, but it was the Bills stadium, so it made sense, I guess. All right, power play for Canada, Kale McCarr, one nothing. Another man advantage situation, and this time it's Kelowna's Dylan Dubé. 2-0. Canada had a 2-0 lead and a 3-1 lead. Looked good. Then, see all the snow piling up by this point in the third period? Scott Perunovic on the power play, 3-2. There's a Canuck prospect playing for the U.S., Will Lockwood, who had shoulder surgery in the offseason, and look at this. Lockwood goes down hard. Now, ice is always hard to fall on, but when it's outside and super cold, I'm sure it's a lot harder, and so are the boards. And Lockwood left the game, and that didn't look good. 3-2. A lot happened in a short span, because right after that, Brady, Brady Kachuk scores. Another Kachuk boy. 3-3. And then they went to a shootout. Best of five shootout. And Kachuk again scores. So Drake Batherson must score to keep things going for Canada. However, he doesn't hit the net. Okay. Just a prelim game. Not for any medals. So everybody be cool. Toronto Raptors suspended Serge Ibaka for tonight's game against Atlanta because he got into a fight with one of the Raptors' assistant coaches the other day. You thought Travis Green and Anders Nilsson yelling at each other was intense? At least it didn't throw hands. The uh, Raptors say both sides apologize, and they will move on from it. There you go. That's good. Got to get past it. All right. Thank you, Squire. Here's Andrew. Now the preview of Global News tonight at 11. Thanks, Chris. And it's all about the weather tonight. Tens of thousands of hydro customers remain in the dark this hour. This evening, we are keeping an eye on the freezing rain and winter conditions as crews scramble to restore power to the eastern Fraser Valley and parts of Metro Vancouver. And we'll be watching the mountain passes and major highways where severe winter conditions continue to make traveling extra difficult. Those stories and more when you join us tonight at 11 o'clock. Chris. All right. Thanks very much. And stick around. Squire's got satellite debris right after the break. But first, it's the last weekend of the year. And if you're looking for something to do, there's a lot going on. Here's Kasia Badurka. Kasia? You're right. 2017 is coming to a close, so we've got the New Year's edition of your five things. Head to Robson Square for a free skate with live entertainment. Skating is open until 11 p.m. as usual. Kelowna's biggest party is happening at Jim Stewart Park with high-energy live music, a kids' snow zone, food trucks, free hot chocolate, and fireworks. Join 10,000 of your closest friends at this New York-style annual event.
Start 2018 on a high note, way up on Grouse. Glide on the mountaintop skate pond, take a ride down the sliding zone, enjoy live entertainment and a kid's countdown at nine with fireworks. Family first New Year's on Mount Seymour is where it's at for the North Shore. You can expect all kinds of activities for all ages, live entertainment, laser tobogganing, food vendors, and my favorite, complimentary s'mores. Concord's New Year's Eve is one of the largest family-friendly events happening in the country. A spectacular free street party will take over Canada Place with two large outdoor stages, roving performers, food trucks, and two fireworks displays. If you can't make it, tune in. Global BC and BC One will be broadcasting live from the event throughout the evening. For more, head to globalnews.ca slash five things. This program is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners, plus get the best roadside assistance. This is your snow report for this Friday, December the 29th. We picked up an additional 18 centimeters of fresh powder at Whistler Blackcomb, bringing us up to 178 centimeters of snow on the ground. This 225 centimeters at Cypress and Sasquatch has 239 centimeters of snow on the ground. As we head to Revelstoke, expect 162 centimeters, 138 at Manning Park, and Powder King has 151. Expect 160 centimeters of snow at Silver Star, and Apex has 124. All right, let's finish off 2017 with uh, satellite debris. It's hard to believe it's almost over 2017. It is. I remember it like it was 363 days ago, New Year's Day. <laughs> and it was. We're on day 363. It was right? cold when we were out there doing oh, the yes, show, too, was. last year. It will be again. Uh, yes, it will. It's most unfortunate. We should have New Year's Eve on July 1st. I think it's much <laughs> nicer. So I, I went through some of the uh, archives of this past year. I thought, oh, I'll just pick a few things out. And uh, the first thing I did was um, this. This is the first thing I wanted to show you. So Bryce Menzies wants to set a record by jumping over a ghost town in New Mexico. Wants to go 379 feet. There's the ghost town. Looks like something you'd see in an old Western movie. And there's Bryce, and that's his car. And that's the big Vista shot, and that's his friend helping him. And there he goes! Apparently, normally, cross-town traffic is terrible in this town, so this mm-hmm. is a good way to get over it. <laughs> A, a mule going through the middle of town? Something sometimes. like that, yeah. Something like that. Or, you know, a, a gang on horseback. But he makes it. He does make it. Speaking of making it, Austin Williams made it over the fence, but he didn't really want to do this. It just happened for him. Oh, I remember that. Oh, man. How high is that fence? That's not a small fence. But he does, in his sprint car, get all the way over the top, and he's okay. Good thing didn't land in a trailer that's just beyond there. Things are well built. All right, so uh, we've shown a few things over the year and last year before that uh, from Omaze, which gets stars and uh, does some charity work for them. Um, we saw, what's his name? Uh, oh, what's his name? Yep. Oh, John, John Bon Jovi dressed up as a karaoke guy, remember? Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. This one, there's no disguise. We know it's Neil Patrick Harris, but here's Neil Patrick Harris's Omaze commercial. Hi, Neil Patrick Harris here. How you living? To support Red's fight against AIDS, I'm teaming up with Omaze and Coca-Cola to offer you the chance to join me for a, for a magical night where anything can happen. I will fly you and a friend to New York City and put you up in a four-star hotel. They can see the pole. Then we'll go eat at one of my favorite restaurants. You and a friend, me and my husband, our time together 
will be delicious. What? Where did it? I. After that, we'll attend a Broadway show. No kidding. It's gonna be one of Broadway's hottest productions. See what I did? <laughs> Probably won't be Hamilton though, because that's. But all it takes is ten dollars. Ten dollars, a Hamilton, for a chance to win. And the best part is, every entry supports Red's fight to end AIDS. It's win-win. I hope to see you soon. Time is money, and money is not. Oh my God! Ah, Dominic. He nailed it. I like him. Yeah, he's quite an actor. Yes. Neil Patrick here. Uh, okay, so Volkswagen had a couple of commercials, and both of them included dogs. Here we go. Well, he's not very handsome to look at. Oh, he's shaggy, and he eats like a hog. The Volkswagen Jetta. Available with advanced keyless technology. Control everything from your pocket, purse, or wherever. That's the power of German engineering. That dirty old egg-sucking dog. Good stuff, Squire. There you go. All right. 